0: Hey y'all, welcome to another dual podcast episode of On One with Angela Rye. This year, we've witnessed athletes organize and demand justice for black lives. I'm joined by two sports experts from the Bill Roden On Sports podcast, hosted by attorney Jamal Murphy and of course, sports columnist Bill Roden. We will discuss the importance of activism in sports, plus a much needed conversation about college players being paid and starting to go to these HBCUs. We might as well take our talents to our own institutions. Here we go. Hello. Hello. Hey,
1: how are you? How are you doing? Good. How are you? Hanging in there
0: great so sorry about that i wish i had a really good reason but my acai bowl was just late and i was hungry so i was trying to scarf it down it's over. all
1: right? it's all good though i must say though i must say as i was driving uh through the mountains to get here and I, you know i I'm, I'm famous like stopping along the way stopping here i said no i can't stop no, I'm not gonna stop here. You know, oh man, I, I can stop. No, I can't stop there because I I gotta be here. Gotta be here. You know, be responsible. Uh, but it's all good. And just how we, how we roll. What did you get, by the way? What is that you? You're
0: eating? Um, and I, it's it's like a smoothie with like toppings on it, and it's a very a very L A thing for me to be having, but it's good. It's, um, I'm trying to be on the straight and narrow in terms of my health and what I'm eating, so that yeah. I don't have a whole bunch of stuff that I hate to eat when much later. So I'm working really hard on it.
2: <laughs> that, <laughs> makes <laughs> sense. that makes sense. That makes sense. We <laughs> got to anyway. get on that plan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Anyway, anyway, this is cool. I was just saying, we did our own little introduction. This is our uh, this is our first joint uh, podcast. Okay. So it's very exciting, and um, you know, a big great admirer of your work. And how uh, you uh, speak truth to power? You know, people always talk truth to power, but the issue comes when power speaks back. <laughs> <You know? laughs> <Hello>? Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. When power speaks back, and when and when they realize that what you say, you really mean and so you expect some change to really happen then it's like oh I don't know about all right Right. so I think from what I understand about you all um, you know a little something about that too so it's a privilege to be here with you all as well
1: yeah it's all good so I guess we'll be sort of like uh, you know like basketball like uh, they have like a a two guard offense where you don't have a point guard a shooting guard you just have two guards (laughs) you shoot I shoot you know uh, you know Uh, You know, so, uh, but let me. I I do have a question. Uh, You're an attorney. Yes. Yeah, you're an attorney, and um, uh, uh, there's so much I wanted to ask you because this whole political thing has been.
2: Wait, hold on. Are, are we are we are we officially oh. starting? Oh wait a minute. Murph, you ain't recording on this? I am recording, but I'm just are we just hopping in like this? I'm just hopping
0: yeah. in like that. Okay. It's a cold open. All
2: right. All right, cool. That's what yeah. happens
0: when you eating Nasai saibo.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making sure. Okay. Let it let it let it go. Let it go, Bill.
1: Oh no, I just what's it been like for you um uh you know as a as a as a journalist, just this last uh man, um so last year, it's been just so bizarre. I mean, I, I find myself, I, at some point, I stopped. I really had to put myself on a on a diet. I, you know, for years, I spent most of my career getting on, you know, getting on sports fans about using sports as an escape, mm-hmm. you know. But, you know, Pat, you know what? I said, you know what? I'm going to start using this shit as an escape, too, because this is just too much, man. Let me just l- listen to the sports show. You know, shit doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, but what's it been like for you to be inside this this uh, political bubble and every single hour, it was just something else?
0: Yeah. You know, I, um, I told somebody the other day that I feel like I have been consistently traumatized and triggered since 2016. And you don't realize the type of psychological effect it has on you. But I knew it was something because I used to um, just to, to give you an example. In my last apartment, I had them mount two TVs hmm. so that I could watch CNN on one screen and MSNBC on another screen and sometimes just flip to Fox so I could just see what was right, going right, on. Right, right, When I tell you. I damn near don't want a TV in none of the rooms now, right? Like, I was just like, forget it. I can't right. handle it. I don't I, I. don't want to see the breaking news because it's some stuff that's going to, in some way, oppress me or a group of people right. I really care about. And then I was like, well, if you have this heightened knowledge where, you know, I worked on Capitol Hill. I, right. I am a strategist. I work to solve problems. Bill, you know, for me, I'm like, this isn't what I signed up for when I went to go work on Capitol Hill. This is not what I wanted to do. And so then what I really had to wrestle with is like, what is my role in this? And how do we dismantle the thing that we've so long talked about dismantling because it could have ended here? Right. It, if we're not careful. And so right, it really right. was um, an awakening. And I think that I'll never go back to um, watching cable news Mm, The way that I once did Because it's so reactive I really want to be a part Of solving the problems And not just talking about them
1: And to that extent I'm wondering um, You know gonna talk about ratings Like like you sometimes I'll do the dark side A little bit I I listen to a lot of radio Because I'm in my car A lot That's how I've been Sheltering in place since uh march i've been i've driven cross country and wow. then i've driven i said let me just keep shelter i'm just
2: let me go where here do you, you
0: drive know. i want to hear
1: about these road trips where I, did
0: yeah. you go and well bill, you know
2: you, bill you yeah. used to do that before the pandemic oh well, yeah i did
1: that before <laughs> I got called out you got called yeah. out it's not a yeah. new thing okay yeah. well but but i think that what i actually you know um i was uh uh in march i had i flew from new york to uh, Kansas City because I had this speaking engagement at this art museum in Kansas City. And that was also the, the first day of the Big 12 tournament. And so I said, oh, let me go to the Big 12 tournament. This is Wednesday. You know, first day of March Madness and the whole thing. And things were popping a little bit. You know, there was still, you know, how with early March, we're kind of, the pandemic is still, well, you're, you're from Seattle, or right? You're from the West. Yeah. But we're starting start it. out yeah. your way. Oh, this is kind of something that's. China, was well, somebody in Seattle, but you know how we are, man, well, it ain't here, so it's just... so I was in Kansas City and all that, and then um, that the, uh, uh, the, the, the NBA shut down that day, and I thought the guy, that, I was sitting with the, uh, the Big 12 commissioner, and we were talking about stuff and all that, and he said, man, he took a call, he came back, the NBA just shut down their season, and so I was waiting for him to laugh, and he said, no, I'm serious. They shut down the season because of COVID. I'm like, wow. Yeah. And that night, he was supposed to say, well, you know, uh, we, we got first day of tournament tomorrow. We just have no fans. And all. But by the end of the night, everybody was shutting it down. I'm like, wow. So I had to be out of Arizona. I teach a course at Arizona State. Mm-hmm. So I was flying out to Arizona State. But by the time I got out there, you know, it was really severe. So I said, you know what? I stayed out there for a week. I'm not flying back. You know, no way I'm flying back to mm-hmm. thing. And as Jamal said, I don't need an excuse. So <laughs> I said, I'm driving back. And then, yeah, I, I'm driving back. I ended up writing a story yeah. about my drive back. Yeah, but that, that was it. But um, uh, there was a question I wanted to ask you about uh, just, um, uh, it, it, it was just so nerve wracking, but when did it become real? For you, when does the pandemic become really real for you?
0: You know, I'm gonna be very honest with you all in saying I'm a hypochondriac.
1: Oh, here we go.
0: So, when but you're not, you're not starting, a Virgo,
1: you're a, you're a Leo. I'm, I'm technically
0: Scorpio. a Scorpio, yeah, okay. Um, uh, but. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I don't play about germs. I'm the person on the plane who had a mask on before the pandemic oh, wow. started. Oh,
1: no, really? Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was that person smart, because
0: I felt like every time I got on the plane, I got right. sick. So oh, I was wow. like, people don't watch that. I was, I'm the person Man. that's like, you weren't in the bathroom long enough, you need to go back and wash your hands longer. Like, I'm that person. <laughs> um, or if somebody that I don't know is in the bathroom and I watch her go out of the stall and get ready to go to the door be like, ah yeah. uh-huh. Right? Like, I'm that person. (laughs) So I was already there. So now, when the pandemic hit, I was like, well... People are traveling, you know, like they're traveling and it's not going to stay contained in right. China. Yeah. And I know that I'm, you know, I'm on the West Coast mostly. I was going back and forth between DC and LA um, at the time. And then uh, the first quarter of the year, every year is a busy travel month for me because that's when all of our speaking engagements are. We have yeah. from Martin Luther King Day through the end of Women's History <laughs> <Tuesday>
1: Month. <laughs> that's right. That's right. On it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So we literally started seeing, and I'm like, you know, we're traveling through international airports. Like there are. Yeah. lights coming in. So I'm like, well, let's look at like, should we get like some rain suits or like some hazmat suits <laughs> right. or like, and masks, like what all do we get? So I or- start ordering all this shit. <laughs> and but there's like a video of me and my assistant fake twerking in rain suits because we were going to wear it on the plane. I had on my hazmat suit and I remember people being <laughs> like,
2: Wow, you're so Fair. over the
0: top. It's so extra. <laughs> Ask me how many of those same people now. Like, you get those hazmat. Yeah,
1: that's right. Well, remember so how we used to, hit me yeah. early. Remember how we used to look at the. Uh, you know, like a few years ago, a lot of people are, are Asian brothers and sisters. Yeah, yeah. Be we're walking masks. around yeah, with masks, masks, and we'd be yeah. like, "All right, you yeah, really, you know, the mask, you know." They were to something. Yep, yeah, yeah. So yeah.
0: if we could wear masks and wash our hands. You know, I insist on wearing um, gloves, like latex gloves to the gas station, to the grocery store. Too many people, I do it. You pick up a product, you put it back down, right? You don't Mm -hmm. know where people's hands have been. People all in their noses. They, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, it's it's all kind of stuff, you know? And you just, you have to be aware of it. I know it's nasty to have to think about germs, but it's much nastier to be on a ventilator or have headaches for the rest of your life because you don't know what kind of impact COVID is going to have on you right. and it hits us hard. And so I hate to be right. like that, you know, like a downer, but I'm just like, I would rather us be safe. My dad is um, hypochondriac ish. And I always used to be like, dad, why are you so crazy about this? And his response in his very Shreveport way is you still here, ain't you? So that's <laughs> right. my thing to y'all like, listen to this. So you can still be here.
2: <laughs> no, you're, right. you're right. And you know, wh- one of the big reasons we're in this situation, you know, not, Only about you know half or if that number of people are smart and you know acting safely and wearing masks one of the reasons we're in that situation is because of the ex-president or the president until january 20th uh 45 uh we've had the election um biden has won the election trump of course still trying to hold on spreading lies but but where are we now you know where you know where do you think we are now in term in terms of turning the corner do do you think we can turn the corner how much work is it going to take all that
0: you know what i think is important is that we really start having a conversation about what the corner is um meaning there are uh, a set of expectations that i think a lot of people who look like us have and we haven't articulated them. We have some intentions that haven't been shared. We have some ideas about, you know, um, what uh, freedom from oppression really is that we haven't articulated and right. even gotten on the same page about within our own community. Yeah. Um. You know, is it enough? Like, let's say Joe Biden had an all black cabinet. You know, is that sufficient if the right. people that he appointed don't do right. any of the things that we want done? Right, right. Um, when it comes to the the criteria that we use to judge whether or not these people are skin folk or kin folk, how are we laying out that same set of criteria for our white brothers and sisters, or you know, our brown brothers and sisters, or our API brothers and sisters? When we start talking about the policies that they immediately want to put into place. How have we weighed in around that? I thought one thing Derek Johnson did yesterday, um, the president of the NAACP has laid out how they think that there needs to be a White House senior advisory role around racial equity and right. civil rights. Um, it's brilliant. Right. With, there's there's not a reparations conversation to be had in this country without talking about equity. First and foremost. And so it's though it's that kind of um foresight and thinking. And it's the reason why, especially for us, we can't afford to say, I don't like politics, I don't do politics, I don't engage right. in politics. Either you do politics or politics is gonna do you. Right. right. You know, like that is that is that is what we should learn, if nothing else. And so when we talk about turning a corner we really have to talk about what it means to have a more sophisticated and strategic approach to engaging us and then to our engagement on the federal, state, and local level. You know, um, it is a discipline, but it's a discipline that no successful people in this country avoid, only us,
1: you know. And I I think you you raise such a great point, because I was thinking about this too, you know, you hear Biden, say, you know, black people have always had my back and now I will have yours. I'm like, okay, now what?
0: He told y'all in the debate, he said, I'm from the black community. I said, oh, yes, I didn't
1: know that. Yeah, (laughs) really? I've driven through, in all my drives, I've driven (laughs) through Scranton, (laughs) you know. He
0: didn't mean it like that. He meant we adopted him and truly we did. We adopted him and resurrected him and brought him back to life and did it again, right? right? So he is of the black community. Apparently, we saved his life twice. Yeah, yeah <laughs> at but, least but, in the election.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, but to to your point, you know, you, you just have to be more discerning. Yeah. Uh, don't throw us a whole lot of black folks. I like your turn, Kinfolk. I like that. That's
0: that's Zora Neale Hurston. I would brilliant.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you can own it. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but 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 um, you know. You have to be more discerning, and I don't know in our community if we really had that discussion yet. You know, uh, okay. we really have because it's you know we, we, we're polite. We you know publicly we don't want to kind of think We haven't really to- we haven't really do- dove into biracial. I mean, we haven't we haven't really touched that stuff. Uh, but maybe maybe and I don't know what you've seen. Maybe this whole thing with the dem- quote unquote democracy being threatened, and that's maybe we're about to have. That kind of discussion as a people. i don't I don't know, you know, I don't know
0: well, and and part of it too, is I think that um, for those of us with platforms, we have to understand the very important role we play in advancing that conversation. There is no discussion that will be had if it's not brought up right. and, and and brought up in spaces where people normally are in dialogue, even if that dialogue is screaming at your radio across country in the car, Bill, you know, but we have right. to start it somewhere. And I think the main thing is when we come to terms with the fact that like, okay, I'm black, but I think differently than this brother or you know this family member or whatever, but we still need to engage in dialogue. You know, if we think something different about housing or we think something different about access to capital or we define equity differently, all of that is fine. If you think charter schools are fine or you don't, we have to have the conversation about what real advancement looks like for our people nobody is going to go further to advance black people than black people, right? Even if Joe Biden becomes the JFK or the Lyndon B. Johnson of this millennium, right? You know, he's not, or this century or this decade, he is not, um, he's not gonna go further than we push him. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think the thing that's hardest for me right now in a space where I'm still in push mode and I love Kamala like a big sister. um, I don't know Joe Biden as well. But I believe that um, just like Barack Obama told us once in a meeting with the Congressional Black Caucus, um, that he wasn't the president for black America. He's the Mm. president for all of America. And if we want something done for black people, we need to push him. This was a former member of the Congressional Black Caucus saying this. I don't take offense to that. That is all true. And we all know that as the black president, he was gonna have a hell of a time getting something done because they didn't want him to. There were people in the democratic party who didn't right. want him to. Right. So why, why not um, understand that this uh, white president elect who served under Barack Obama will also have to be pushed. Um, you know, there are black people in my comments who are like, you're not giving him a chance. Just let him know. Well, I don't my my role here is not to give him to just well let me just sit back and see what he does. You can do that. Right. That is not what I'm gonna do. My Mm -hmm. tradition says faith without works is dead. I'm gonna work my ass off to make sure that our bases are covered. I'm gonna make sure that on every on every end, whether we're talking about the Black to the Future, Black Agenda 2020, and all of the conversations they have with Black people all across this country, I'm going to make sure that Joe Biden and everybody on his team hears that from us at every turn. When I want to see Black women in the cabinet and Black men in the cabinet, Black people in other roles throughout the administration, I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to expect for you to read my mind, what relationship, whether it's in your family, your significant other, a, a, a student to a, or a teacher to pupil, who knows how to read minds? Yeah, right. I'm gonna tell you exactly what are exactly what my expectations are, exactly what my intentions are, because I don't trust you to figure that out
1: for me. Right, right. you gotta <laughs> push people. Yeah, I mean, there's accountability. I think that's yeah. me, the word is two words. I guess the point I was trying to make when we talk about Biden and tell black people is that. What's, what? What I've realized, I mean, I've, I've always realized, more more succinctly and more uh, profoundly, is how we as black people we really need each other. It's yeah. not it's not Democrat or Republican or independent, like you see. You said it another way, but we need each other. That's the only reason why we've been here for four and some years. Whether it's your father, your grandfather, my father, there was always at some point in our lives a reaching back. And saying, "Listen, I am no stronger than you. I need you to be great and survive, so I can be great and survive." And, and I think we kind of got away from from that, you know, as you get your gig, I get my gig, you know. But we really, yeah. we really uh, uh, need each other. I'm sorry, Jamal. I, inter- I ain't sorry, Jamal, but I interrupted you. We- <laughs> no,
2: no, no. It's all good. I was, and I, I agree with you, Angela. In terms of you know, we need to, we need to, you know uh speak out you know for what we want to be done but is is there like should we all be doing that is there is or is there a thin line when it comes to that when you have when you have you know a whole entire party on the other side basically their their job is to create division uh among us also you know what i'm saying do we worry about the other side at all um, in, in terms of the, in terms of how how they do their business and 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 the strategy that they use, or or is it just like you know, hey, we are just we want this done, and you know we're going to get on you and make sure you do it from from day one.
0: When you say the, tell me what you mean by the other side.
2: I mean Republicans.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, I was just saying because Bill was just talking about how black people, no matter who they are, so like other side, white people, other side who. So, um, yeah,
1: there are a lot of sides, There
0: right? So many factions, which is a whole other conversation that we need to be having. But, um, worry, I'm trying to really walk out of worry, meaning I don't see it as a productive way to expend energy for me. Um, aware and discerning and clear eyed, yes. Um, I also think that we cater to them too much. Yeah. You know, like you look at, there was an article yesterday saying that Joe Biden is going to create a position to reach out to conservatives. Right, <laughs> right, right. Bitch, you about to lose your whole base. <laughs> right. What are you? Right. What are we talking about? Like, and, and even when you th- think about how black men have been talked about in post-election commentary, like, oh, black men voted for Trump 20%. Right. Let's talk about the white women at 55%. Let's talk about the white men. Majority of white people voted for Donald Trump. Don't put that energy over here, right? Like, come on, and it's a distraction. So, and and it also is an elitist um, uh, expectation, right? That like, how dare 20% of you go and do something different? It's like, why don't you get to why, right? Like, how can I serve you better so that you feel like this is the safest space for you? Clearly, there are many of us, us, me included, Wrestling whether or not this two-party structure actually serves our interests. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. right. Exactly. You know? you exactly. Because you
0: say democracy is democracy a two-party system.
1: Right. Well, that's the whole dilemma. It, I mean, right. My definition is not. I mean, that means right. you have this, that, and that's not necessarily freedom. Yeah. You know? You know, one uh, thing I wanted to ask ask you about. You know, I, we 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 dabble in the sports space a lot. No, not dabble. That's kind of where we come out of. And I was just wondering what you saw uh, this year was just so remarkable uh, from a group of people who could be as apolitical as you like. You know, brothers and sisters. But they really stepped. They they really stepped up. Uh, you know, LeBron started talking about really start focusing on v- voting mm. and registering to vote. Uh, the women in the NBA, WNBA, who have been way ahead of the curve in terms of protest for a, I mean, for a long, long time, uh, they actually they were ahead of the curve even in terms of Warnock.
2: Right. Yeah. That's how of, I first heard of him through the yeah, WNBA through,
1: through them. So, that. so, so, uh, uh, what, what's been your uh, space? What's been your perception? Uh, or has uh, and you went to UW? Which is a football, which is a sports factory, yeah. by the way. But what's been your perception of this sports piece, uh, and how it's reacted to this, um, uh, to this, you know, to the protest movement?
0: You know, I really just want to commend um, these young people in so many ways. Um, starting with the women, because the women are so often overlooked, and we go straight to, you know, the NFL or the NBA, um, of course, just given the audience sizes, but. The women, whether we're talking about um, arrest the cops who killed Breonna Taylor um, or taking on Kelly Leffler, who, you know, not only uh, disparaged uh, Black Lives Matter, but also um, stated that that this wasn't a place to be political, as if our survival is political. Right. Um, and so I commend them all, not only for what they did leading up to um, or leading up or after George Floyd, Rihanna Taylor and Ahmad Arbery, but also for November and those elections and now leading up to the Georgia runoff, what they're doing. Um, you know, I wrestled a lot after the Jacob Blake incident, um, the shooting of Jacob Blake, whether or not um, the players should sit out for longer with the NBA yeah. um had had uh, intense debates with Chris Paul <laughs> about it um, who I, you know, I really came to respect his position um that the players were better off playing um, not to to pretend like Jacob Blake and the fact that he survived didn't matter, but what do they do when they go home? And I think the question remains, what will they continue to do? You stood up a fund, but how will that fund, you know, really increase opportunity in our communities? You sure there were stadiums that opened up and became voting centers. How will these things not be in response to a crisis, but become normal? Right. Right. Um, uh, you know, there, there's so much that can be done. And even, uh, You know, the other thing that I thought was so dope that Chris did during the season, he was representing all these different HBCUs. Bill, I know you appreciate this as a Morgan State grad, Mm. but, you know, he was representing these HBCUs, these different sneakers, every playoff game. And it made it so that HBCUs are cool. You start seeing students who are top athletes in high school now choosing HBCUs. My dad's been saying this for years. Bill, y'all should talk, especially after with this book. I got to make sure he has your book. Hmm. But, you know, you start looking at this and you're like, we can actually dictate different outcomes. The very thing that Black folks have been crying for, which is for capacity at HBCUs and for them to be competitive, shifts if top athletes start going to these institutions. And so you really start to recognize, thankfully, because of the courage of these players in the WNBA, the NBA, the NFL, that you actually do have all of the power, right, that they right. actually don't run you. And it shifts with a simple decision. And yep. so hopefully those decisions will start happening in high school so that things even change for our institutions.
1: Mm-hmm. It's so funny um, when uh, when the Bucks decide not to play, mm-hmm. and it was basically organic. Yeah. Right? but it was it was so it was almost the light went off and said, man, if we don't play, there ain't no game, you know right. there, there's no game they as soon as they said they ain't playing, it was like a domino effect, yeah like, okay, what do you all we all right, what, do you, all, all right, what do you what do you want what, what, you know what 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 you know and I think that's becomes other issue okay, what do we want, but you're right, there's so much power there, uh but you know also though the NBA and NFL are so white-run. Yeah. Like, so you guys, you really need to focus on your industry too. Let's mm-hmm. get some, why is mm-hmm. it so hard for y'all to be head coaches? Why is it so hard to get up in the C-suite? Yeah. You know, you know, why is it so, you know, you know. So, but but I think you're right in that once you realize your power, you know, I, I guess in each of, and maybe in your in, in all of our lives, there's been a point in our lives early on mm-hmm. where you realize your power, your brilliance. Uh, you realize, man, I could, uh, you know, I could, I could do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I, I actually wanted to ask you that. Um, you grew up in Seattle. I'm just curious. It's kind of random, but what is one of how did you get here kind of point. How did you get to this point? But were you always? Um, uh, I don't want to say militant, but were you always? Uh, you know, this. I mean, were you, were you always? Um, uh, an activist, were you always, um, uh, uh, you know, focused on black empowerment, um, black women power? Well, so before
0: we go there, the, this point that you just raised around, um, why is it so hard for players to become coaches, mm-hmm. Right. One of the biggest frustrations from this summer, and I don't know if you all have experienced this, you know, there was this moment where all of a sudden it was like the scales came off of eyes and 2020 really meant perfect vision. And folks could see things exactly as they are. And folks could understand racism is racism is real because, oh, my God, there are disproportionately more black people dying to this and brown folks. and, And then now George Floyd. And we don't we're not we can't go anywhere. We actually have to sit and watch this eight minutes and 46 seconds at least based on the first count, right? And so there was this shift and then money started being spent in corporations and people started putting Black Lives Matter, which was, you know, the biggest offense, you know, three or four years ago, um, or even going all the way back to Trayvon. And now it was in signature blocks on emails. (laughs) It was trending. It's on the NBA court. Right. But if our Black lives can't matter on corporate boards. Right and we're not the people that you call to pay equitably as consultants and contractors. Yep. And you don't hire our firms and you yep. don't ensure that our newspapers and our radio stations and every has the same ad buy even to the Biden campaign.
1: Yep, absolutely. You
0: know like what really changes. Right. What really changes? And I'm not saying that economics will solve all aspects of this, but it's not just the economics, it's how you perceive us. It's how you perceive our value and our worth. And I will tell you this, which fits right into the question you just asked me. My dad is um, an activist, a very proud agitator, one who has a bullhorn in his trunk still right now (laughs) at 78 years old. (laughs) and um, named me after Angela Davis. Mm. Um, He loves to brag that my first protest was when I was too anti-apartheid. I was Mm. not choosing to go to said protest obviously <laughs> but I'm not opposed to um to going to want, to a protest of uh, opposing apartheid um especially now that it's here as well but that's another conversation for another day um and so I just have never known another way of being what I can also say is that um I grew up in a very rainbow coalition existence my dad was protesting alongside of African immigrants and the Asian community, you know, has been on delegation trips to the Um helped his friend um, Roberto Maestas in creating, well, he didn't create it, but helped to fight for El Centro de la Raza, which is uh, a facility for brown people in, in the Beacon Hill area in Seattle. And so my point is just, Mm. I never stood in isolation on a black fight. Mm. Definitely pro-black, but I'm not anti-anybody else. And I right, think that right, right. if we win, we all win. Right. And I think the sooner we get there, the better it is for everybody.
1: Mm. So, that, uh, yeah, that, that was such a profound point, though, about getting back to the whole every corporation. Every yeah. corporation was putting black lives, and and even the NFL. You know, the Goodell says, kind of like Biden, Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner, was black people have made this league. That's the word. A timeout. You know, how much business do you guys do with black vendors? Right. Yes. You know, how many? Uh, uh. Again, how many people are on your executive board? I mean, if you go down to CNN, walk, it's walk right. through the building, walk through the building, the corridors of power. You know, all this mess. Uh, same thing in every corporation. You know, so that's okay, but I want deeds, not words. So it's good, how do we that's right. how do we get to demand that? I guess that's the next level. It, you know?
2: And it it also trick it also trickles down to the players and to us. Yeah. To black people in general. Like yeah. you know, are we are are people of wealth hiring black law firms or black lawyers right. or black exactly accountants right. and, and agents and stuff right. like that. So it's it's kind of I mean, obviously, it started. It starts somewhere, and we we're kind of we kind of just fell into line, you know, on how this country uh, operates. But we, you know, as as Angela said earlier, we have to. There is like a I, we've been talking about this for years and years. The, mm-hmm. There's a responsibility that we have, you know, to stay engaged and that type of thing. So I'm wondering, you know, what? How do you feel about where we are in terms of engagement? I'll, I'll just I'll keep it to um you know to voting right now uh, we got the georgia elections uh the runoffs yeah. coming up um how do how do we keep that momentum because remember we we had great turnout when obama was running right and then we didn't have great turnout once he was gone right. so we have a history of showing up every now and then mm-hmm. so how do we really ensure that that this is that we're here to stay
0: Yeah. And I think, I think that's exactly the question talking about being here to stay and what we do, like they actually go hand in hand. So engagement around where we spend our money is the same discipline that we need to ensure accountability and turnout and um, overall activity in our politics, right? So you brought up the thing about, you know, how many of us use black attorneys or agents or all of my people are black. Mm. I just don't play that because what I'm not going to do is go out here and be demanding something that you don't see in my own life. Right. Right.
1: Right.
0: Um, We have an intern cohort with like I think right now we have 70 interns, all black interns, Mm. mostly from HBCUs. Right. Like we just we're like, we're not going to be a part of this conversation about, oh, we'd love to have somebody black if they're qualified. You don't put that caveat on anyone else. Right. And we're not going to do that here. But since you're concerned, we're going to make sure they're very equipped to work with you and for you mm-hmm. or to have you work for them.
1: Right, <laughs> <exactly. Yeah>. and,
0: <laughs> and so, you know, I think all of that um, applies. And even when you go down to this this piece around Georgia, the very thing that we're talking about around agenda building and making sure that Black folks have what they need—none of that matters if there's not a majority in the Senate.
1: Exactly. We
0: know what Mitch McConnell and his friends stand for. They were not even willing to spend more money to protect the um, the, the 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 electoral security process. They weren't even willing to pass legislation for that after it passed the House twice, right? And so I think that our reality is um, that we have to do this ourselves like we've always done. It is possible. Um, There are numbers the other day that came back, you know, the registration deadline for January um, was December 7th. The numbers came back 70,000 people. Sorry, this wasn't about registration, but 70,000 people, more people than in the November general election have requested absentee ballots. They believe those numbers are disproportionately people of color and young people. That's great news. The thing is, we have to make sure that people return their ballots. We have to make sure that, you know, as early voting days are, you know, coming up and they go right through the end of the year. That people are turning out to go to the, you know, early voting. Shout out to uh Fair Fight and to the New Georgia Project and to uh, Black Voters Matter um, and, and my folks at Elect Justice and everybody doing this work. is so important. All the organizations I didn't name who are knocking on doors safely because they wash their hands and wear masks. <laughs> um, it's just so important, and, and the work is on all of us, even if we don't live in Georgia.
1: Yeah. You know. Yeah. There, there was, um, in like fact, I was a. Uh, I was talking to a sister Elizabeth Williams, who plays for the Atlanta Dream and the mm-hmm. uh, WNBA, and we were saying, you know, uh, uh, that it's important that athletes continue just to keep the the, the foot on the uh, on you know the pedals of the metal. Yes. Uh, all those brothers and sisters who play in Atlanta for the Falcons and for yeah. the Hawks just to keep it going because you know, this thing. And I think I think so. I think the the mere fact that you had POTUS 45, anything he's involved in galvanizes us. Yeah. You know, if he's involved, it ain't good for us. So, and I think sometimes we need to see that polarity. We need to say, oh yeah, our survival <laughs> is at stake. So we're going to show up. So I, I, I you
2: know, I well, hope so. And let me ask you about that. You know, I've heard a lot of people will say <laughs> that you know the that Trump, the Trump four years was you know was a good thing because it woke it woke people up. Um, it, it may have woke it may have woken us up to stay. Hope we'll see. Hopefully, um, you know, there's no way I could call it a blessing. In disguise, there's no way that that's a blessing. But do you do you think that you know we could... I know we hope this, but do you actually think that we'll look back? uh in history and say you know that was that was the point where we realized you know we have to stay engaged or else they're going to take it to a place where they want to take it
0: um you know it's so hard and i in it just from a place of compassion and empathy i don't ever want to um look at this time where you know nearly 300,000 people is it are we over 300,000 people how many people have died from covid now Anyway,
1: hundreds of thousands, close to the, the two hundred thousand mark. Right.
0: No, yeah, we were close. It was, it was over um, two eighty a week. I just yeah. let me just, I'll check. But the the point I'm raising is, I don't want to look at um, this time right. and be like, oh, this was good for us because of this, because there's so much loss that had to take place. You know, it's two hundred eighty-six thousand right now. Okay. Um. And then you think about the number of people who have had to you know, shutter doors on businesses that were their lifelong dreams. And you think about the number of Black people who've been killed at the hands of police um, or people who thought they were just as important as the police or above the law. And um, what I hope happens is that Black people realize that it doesn't take crisis for us to appreciate our value anymore. Or our power Um, If Dr. King defined power as the ability To achieve purpose How can we ensure that we're always Living on purpose and always Providing that opportunity and ability To other people who are oppressed Um, We don't have to Have it all To be able to do something You know we're all able to do something So what is that thing And how can we ensure that we never put it down Because every day that we open Our eyes again it's another opportunity to not only open a door so that we can walk through and live our best life, but it's to keep that door open for somebody else. So I don't wanna be you know, the type of folk that require tragedy or crisis to move the needle. And I don't wanna celebrate it. I will tell you it's been an amazing year of awakening, but I regret, God, I regret how much it took for us to get to this point. I really do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, really it's, it's a lot. our guest uh, our guest is the wonderful uh, Angela Rye, and I guess we're her guests, too. I don't know how we yeah. do that. Our <laughs> guest is, and, and we're her guests. But, uh, Angela, before I me, mean, man, this is so much I'd like to ask you. And by the way, um, there's a, um, uh, I run this, um, uh, I don't know what we call it, Foundation for the Undefeated. It's mm-hmm. the Rope Fellows. And uh, it's, it's uh, each year, for the past four years, we get six bright students, six great mm-hmm. students from six HBCUs. Yes. And it's a fellowship. It's a year-long paid fellowship. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really been remarkable. You work with young people, mm-hmm. and to see kids blossom. But they would really love, I would love, uh, now I don't want to put you out. We, we can cut this out, Jamal. I don't want to no, put it out. No, you can put it I'd love but to talk I, to them. I, I would love, I would love to talk
0: around. to them, would yeah. love. Um, To hear more about the program, have talked to Kevin a little bit about the program um, and would love to see it continue to grow and get bigger. Um, Would love for young people, shoot, even in our intern, we have three cohorts. Love for them to know about it and get engaged. Um, Love to get more corporate sponsors so that there are more and not less. Um, Would love to challenge all the sports leagues to put money up so there are more things. Seriously, like Really getting people to understand what it will take to build capacity—it'll be real dedication and effort. But yes, you got. It.
1: I'll do it. <laughs> well, my—I my was going to ask you, a kind of, you know, sports. Uh, what? What's? Uh, do you play sports? Have you played sports? Uh, we wanted to kind of ask you, who do you think? You know, what's your favorite sport? Your favorite teams? You know, since this is. You know, Bill well no sports. We gotta ask you some sports.
0: Well, stuff. I'm with it. Um, again, grew up watching uh, basketball a lot with my dad. Some football. He tried to make me watch baseball. That's like watching paint dry. I don't mind going to a baseball game though after COVID. Man. Um, so let's see. I think that um, one lifelong Seattle SuperSonics fan. So I'm wanting the Thunder to mm. send my team back. Um. What else? Uh, before Colin, I was a very, very like big Seahawks fan. And that came later because I, when I was growing up, I felt like the Seahawks were always losing. Hmm. And then after Cap, like now this year, I'm like, OK, can I watch football again? It's been kind of tough for me to figure out how to get back engaged because it was really frustrating to see how that was handled. Um, but I'm kind of starting to watch now. Um, One one eye.
1: just Yeah, it's
0: like peeking. That's what I told my dad. I was like, what are we doing, dad? My dad lasted the first season and after that he was like, listen, I can't do it. I tried. Um, And then, what else? Um... I wish I watched more WNBA. I need to, but I'm mm. clearly more basketball. I used to downhill ski race growing up. Okay, mm. all right. That's um, good. Wow. I basketball. Okay. I, in fact, I did a three point contest with Snoop and lost miserably. But Snoop challenge challenge. I'm gonna be ready next
1: time. <laughs> uh, well, she got some sports cred, you know. A yeah, 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 yeah. So, and so, so.
0: I was a Fab Five fan. Jalen knows. Yes. Like, I'm like, okay, I want a Fab Five reunion. Like, what's going on? Yep. I had the bl- black Nike socks, the jerseys, all that.
1: I told Chris, you know, uh, you know, I you know, was we talking for the book. And I said, you know, Chris, man, what you guys did was a rebellion, but it wasn't a revolution. Mm-hmm. You know, he said, if you five would have gone to Howard or Alcorn or whatever, it would have... The, the repercussions of that would, would have been phenomenal, but yeah. I get it. And they, st- and they
2: still would have went to the final four.
1: They still would have gone they to still. the final four. That, that's <laughs> the whole point. And not only that, that that you would have been more known. If you go to these big white schools, you're just another, some other black guys who make a rich institution richer. If yeah. you go to all corner, how to take them to the final four, we're still talking about you today. We Well, so, we're still yeah.
0: talking about the Fab Five today, but your point is in a, in a
1: different point. way. Because it would
0: have been so many other fab fives after that. You know right. what I mean? Like it's right. your point is, is, is tremendous. And that's the same thing. Again, my dad, I, like, I really want to get y'all together. Cause this has been his point forever. Like he's always talking about his, and he wants, of course, um, college athletes to be paid you know mm-hmm. there's so many stories i know you all have them i have them from people i went to school with from people i talked to just to understand there are kids using their scholarship money to pay their mom's cell phone bill
2: right yeah. you know
0: that's yeah. not fair They're, i mean their coaches are making millions yeah. you know and it's like it, you just you can't reconcile those things but yes but
1: well, we understand. like your dad we like your dad to be on the program he's got an open invitation so we yes. get to be- Oh, that I should
0: have brought him with me today. You he wouldn't let me get a woman. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right.
1: Yeah, you I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. Well, we'll go ahead. Ozier. I mean, Ozier. Damn, Where uh, I get Ozier from? <laughs> <laughs> uh Jamal. Ozier. <laughs> Ozier's o- 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 cool. That's my man too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, great. surprise <laughs> with a photographer, my colleague at the New York Times. And uh, but, but go ahead, man. That means you should check on him today,
0: Bill. That's what yeah. that
1: means. Uh good point. Good
2: point. Mm-hmm. So. Before we let you go, you, like you said, you're a sports fan. Um, you mentioned something just now about yeah, about the college athletes obviously should be paid, um, but they're they're playing during a pandemic. These college kids, and so and so are the professional sports leagues. Yeah. What, what's your feeling? As you know, are, you see this going on. What, what's your feeling about all that? Like the fact that they're they're just trying to power through through a, a global pandemic.
0: Yeah. Um... You know, I understand both sides of the issue. I understand um, folks needing an outlet, but I just keep wrestling with at what cost. Um, You know, when the NBA again was talking about going back right around George Floyd and I was like, man, how powerful. What else could you guys extract from the league and therefore, right. the, you know, the rest of our community be able to extract from the federal government, state and locals and from corporations if you just wait a little, much, little bit longer. And so the question really becomes um, not the fact they're playing now because they're playing, but when there's something else that will happen because there will be a thing, can they sit down and be disciplined enough to say, you know what? Last time the saw wasn't as good as you all promised, and this time we really aren't coming back until my community has what it needs to really thrive and survive. And I think that's what is required of us right now. It is a different level of discipline. We are a spiritual people. Yeah. And I just gotta believe that um, there's something greater for us.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know? uh, as well said. We can I think we should stop there because you can't get any better than. <laughs> That on that on that sense of hope, really, because that's what drives us. Uh mm-hmm. that that's what's carried us all these years, you know. Just uh yeah. you look back at your grandmother, you know, whenever something goes down, that's the first thing I do, you know, I tell my daughter that. I said, you know, yeah, it's tough, but if you just go back four generations to your mm-hmm. great grandmother who had no, I mean, no, I mean no reason, no reason to 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 go another step. But there was joy and hope. I mean, she would look at you and say, if she knew that in 1865, that you'd be where you are or we'd be where we are, she'd say, hallelujah. <laughs> you know, that, let me go back. You know, it's just that sense of joy and hope that, that's carried us through. I mean, it's that, that kind of power. So, you know, when I see you and, you know, uh, I mean, it's, it, it just gives you, the, you know, me the joy and hope That man, we're gonna be okay. But you gotta keep grinding. We do. You know, you gotta keep grinding.
0: I have this uh, necklace. This is Harriet Tubman on here, Mm. and um, I love this because she has the little lantern. And Mm. to me, I'm like, all right, Mm. that's my guide. So when you just said that, I was like, let me shout out this connection because it's it's Mm. something that reminds man. You think about the resilience it took to go back 19 times. That's right. So that might mean (laughs) that, yeah, we sat out one time and then we didn't get what we wanted, but it's never going to get old. Right. And we're never wrong for demanding what we need to be our best selves.
1: That's right. Demanding
0: that from each other, demanding that from ourselves, and then demanding that from the people who we pay talking about politicians and the people who we insure pay talking about these places where we work in whatever capacity, so...
1: Right. Right. That's right. Well, whew, all right. <laughs> That's great. Hey Angela, this is this has really been uh okay. tremendous. so so happy we got a chance to visit. You know, you see people in a whole different light. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes you see people say one thing in studios, and then you know, when you kind of realize they ain't really found the truth where it leads, but it's really wonderful uh to uh to share this kind of time with you. But tell your dad you know, that oh, he's I got, got an open so we <laughs> That's a, That you sounds like
2: it'd be it. a, a fun convo.
1: I'm calling in for that. I
0: just want to hear it. But yeah, my dad, he's got, he's got a few things that he cares about. It is a federal designation for the United States enslaved. He's, he regularly, regularly corrects me. If I talk to say slaves, he was like, we were not slaves. We were All enslaved right. people. Mm-hmm. So he said, he talks about that. And he talks about how important it is to pay uh college athletes and he talks about how um the leagues all the leagues need to put a portion of their money at least 10 percent in black banks mm. um what else eddie rag got hugo when he comes on mark my words <laughs> it's gonna be these five things and i'm trying to figure what my other two are <laughs> trying to remember what my other two are oh that they do business with black vendors and um black vendors like uh, definitely more coaches he's definitely mm-hmm. serious about that and gms but yeah watch it he gonna he gonna bring them all up
1: i'm looking forward, he forward to it he's actually, i'm looking forward to it yeah yeah no it's gonna be great right. yeah. so angela, A- A- angela rye is our, is our guest where she's with cnn uh so that that does not do her justice but just so you'll know uh cnn she's attorney you work with the black caucus right
0: I did. I sit on two boards still. I have my own podcast online with Angela Rye. This done very, very well. And um yeah, living, moving and growing and being <laughs> navigated by a great leader right here That's on my right. No
1: <laughs> doubt. Right. This little light of mine.
0: Hey. All right. All right. Hey, I just thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. <laughs> this is
1: this is tremendous. Go back to eating the ice cream. No, I'm
0: done. It's not ice cream. <laughs> See you. how you act, Bill? I can't tell you nothing. You just Donald Trumped me at the end of a good podcast. That's cold blood. Donald Trump? Oh, my gosh. It's an That's like a smoothie. It's like a liquid smoothie.
2: It's good for you, Bill.
1: It's okay. good? That's the point. It's good for you. So I just reduced. I'm sorry. I just reduced yeah. the ice cream. Jamal, we yeah. could edit that out. I reduced yeah. it. Yeah. We don't want, we don't want to. We don't
2: want to slander her name.
0: <laughs> no, leave it in there and leave in. He just Donald Trumped me at the end <laughs> of Donald a Trump. Highly <laughs> spiritual podcast.
1: <laughs> I know. All that. that and then you. You. We. All that high ground and all that. And then you eating ice cream and I'm Donald Trump. Ain't this? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Everybody
0: gasping. <laughs> oh no. Oh, thank you, Jamal. <laughs> Thanks,
1: Jamal.
2: No problem. Bye, it's bye. all stated, Don't worry.
0: Bye, you guys. Bye,
2: bye. Thanks a lot. <laughs>